The Big Honker Podcast is proud to be sponsored by the one and only 737 Duck Calls. 100% American craftsmanship. Select grade components, machine turned, hand polished, precision tuned, and superior sound. What more could you ask for? Get down to www.737duckcalls.com and pick you up a new call for the upcoming season. This podcast is brought to you by Natural Gear. Natural Gear, the science of camouflage. Natural Gear has been providing hunters and outdoorsmen with effective camouflage patterns and quality hunting clothing for over 20 years. Natural Gear's approach to camouflage is based on a science using mid-tone colors, vertical orientation, and natural shadowing to help conceal in any environment. New 2018 patterns and products are available now at www.naturalgear.com. And use code BIGHONKER15 at checkout to receive 15% off your total order. Excludes outlet items. So folks, jump on Natural Gear's website, look it up, pick you out some clothing, put in BIGHONKER15, that's BIGHONKER and all in uppercase letters, and 1-5 at checkout to receive 15% off your total order. Hey folks, this podcast is also brought to you by William & Chris Vineyard. You can look them up at williamandchriswines.com. And they've got out Sway Rosé. You like how I said that, Chris? Rosé. Sway Rosé. It's like fucking 12, 13% alcohol by volume. It will get you lit. Go get you some today. They sell it at Bucky's, H-E-B, Whole Foods. Central Market. Central Market. And at their vineyard in High Texas. You're not getting this You're not getting this high-quality wine at Walmart. All right, you got to go to Whole Foods or a classy joint like that. It's William Chris Vineyards at williamchriswines.com. And this podcast is brought to you by Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, home of the Big Honker Lodge. Folks, if you're looking for any type of hunt, waterfowl, pheasants, ducks and geese would be waterfowl, hogs, deer, turkey. Look us up at stanfieldhunting.com. Folks, we've been in Knox City, Texas for 27 years at the Big Honker Lodge. World famous Big Honker Lodge, too. Anyways, look us up. Come see us. We'd love to have you. Come out here and you can sit down at the table right where we do the podcast. We're going to have shirts and merchandise available soon. You'll be able to buy on the Big Honker Podcast website or at stanfieldhuntingoutfitters.com. Anyways, that's Stanfield Hunting Outfitters, home of the world-famous Big Honker Lodge. Thank you. And last but not least, this podcast is also brought to you by Dive Bomb Industries. Dive Bomb is the leader in silhouette manufacturing in the decoy market today. We use them exclusively. They're the silhouette of choice here at the Big Honker Lodge. They can handle everything that you throw at them. And the thing that I like the most about them, other than just the awesome paint colors and all that other good stuff, is the way that they stack up. You know, they stack up nice and neat. You can throw five dozen in a bag. And if you're even in remotely good shape, you can throw three bags over you. All of a sudden, you're carrying 15 dozen decoys out into the field. So on those days, farmer doesn't let you drive in. You can throw you some dive bombs over your, over your shoulder, and you can basically carry the whole spread or damn near close to it. For listeners of this podcast, Dive Bomb is going to let you save 10% off of your checkout by using the promo code BIGHONKER. That's two words, all lowercase, big space honker. You can save yourself 10% at checkout. The season is coming up. Go get the decoy spread that you've always wanted and save yourself some money. And that promo code is only good through the month of July. They're going to quit doing the promos for anybody after the end of July. Oh, shit. End of July? Yep. Motherfucker. So two more weeks. You got two weeks, people. Go now. Go to DiveBombIndustries.com today. Use the promo code because it ends at the end of July. Take advantage of it.
three, two, one. Boom! In Viva La Mexico, I'm back from vacation and ready to do the Big Honker Podcast. I'm Jeff Stanfield. I'm Andy Shaver. I've always been here. Well, you'll get off next week to have a baby, or this week. <clears throat> I don't know. I was talking to my grandma uh, at church today, and she said her youngest son was three weeks late. Ooh, Jesse gonna not be very happy then. I, uh, I'm on fucking pins and needles. I'm not getting any sleep at night. You ain't got to do nothing but drive to the hospital. That's a big fucking burden, though. I can drive you then. Call me. I'll take you. It's y'all. an. It's it, that's not it. It's it's just it's knowing when to go. It's an hour drive. It 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 it, it it's just. I feel any little move that she makes in the middle of the night. I feel it. I'm I'm I'm, I'm running ragged here. Absolutely ridiculous. Women have babies in caves and tents, and you're worried with the. I don't want her to have it in my brand new Ford. The funny thing is, is if y'all have to call an ambulance and your brother has to deliver his nephew, Juju, yep. on the way. I don't think Jesse wants that. I don't think Zach wants that either one. Oh, it's just, uh, we've got to, because, you know, and then she, she was, she's talking to her sister, who's a, a professional, you know, she pops out babies, you know, <laughs> willy nilly, no problem. Like a Democrat, huh? Yeah. And, and she's like, oh, well, you know, with, with. My last three or four or five, you know, I just, I barely had any contractions and it was just, it was all a uh, timing deal and I just, my nerves are shot. A lot of money be saved if you just have it at home. Oh, my goodness. Well, I tell you what, you call, I'll be going to pick a, I'll pick Reesey boy up. We'll go to my house, or we'll go to our house. He can get and crawl in bed with us. He can stay there. Until the baby's about to pop up, then we'll drive to Wichita. Ain't no sense us sitting around a hospital for eight or ten hours either. It ain't, that's what I'm saying. We're waiting for her to go naturally. There's not going to be any uh, eight or ten hours. It's going to be, we're going to leave. Okay, here's our plan. We're going to leave when the contractions get ten minutes apart. They've got to be ten minutes apart for an hour. We're going we're gonna to start getting, getting things ready. And then when they're about seven and eight minutes apart, we're gone. That baby gonna be born in the Ford. No. Yep. Nope. Good thing you got leather seats, bud. I don't have leather seats. Oh, you wouldn't borrow my truck for a couple of days? Should have got them Scotts guarded. You can borrow my truck. I just got a text message. What is the draft date for fantasy football, I guess? Uh, I don't know yet. We'll let it know later. Okay. September 2nd. Whatever. Uh, when's the opening day of football season? The 6th. September 6th? Yep. We need to do it that Monday or Tuesday then. Monday or Tuesday? Yes, Fucking people got Sunday. jobs, bub. Ain't nobody works after five that's in our league. <clears throat> yep. Oh, kick it, kick off is September 6th. We got a bunch of coaches. So that means that means September 2nd would be a fantastic day for it. No, we can't. We got Dove Hunters. We have to be on Monday, September 3rd, because we got Dove Hunters September 2nd and 3rd. Oh, what a fucking debacle. It's not a how are how are you doing that with September one? They come in on night of August thirty first. We're sold uh-huh. out for this hunt, folks. So don't get your hopes up. No, yeah. We're just con- conversing. You're you're catching us on a. We're going to be people come in on the thirty first. Uh huh. They spend the night. We don't do any meals till breakfast on the first. The morning. first. They get three meals on the first, three meals on the second. Spend the night again on the second, uh-huh. and hunt the morning of the third, which is Monday morning. Go home. So basically, all you did instead of instead of them hunting Friday evening. Like they will do the next weekend. You're just moving it over. They get an extra night to stay, but we're not doing meals you're first just, night. 
We're not doing meals August 31st. No, and they get to hunt an extra morning, though. Morning That's what I'm getting at. Yes. So instead of hunting Friday evening, they're getting another hunt Monday morning. Yes. Okay. That's basically how we're doing it. That is how we're doing it. Okay, I was folks. wondering how you were going to – what like what do you do if, if opening day is on a Sunday? Then we usually hunt just opening day, and then we do another hunt the next opening weekends the next weekend. Huh. It's screwed up when it does that. Yeah. My favorite you're missing time, a weekend. Yes. I, I, well, I, we're full, so it don't matter. But I like, well, I, it better when, I like it better when it opens like on a Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. We can do a hunt just that opening morning. Only, opening morning. And then do an opening weekend hunt like we normally do. Right. But some of the clients have gotten confused. I've had two or three groups. Are, now, are we coming on the first weekend? Or are we coming on that seventh and eighth? No, you come in the first. So I had to do all that in February. Right. With everybody, all the big groups that come do their same thing. But it worked out good. Huh. All right, today. So anyway, back, what do I need to tell this guy? The third? The third, that Monday. Okay. Monday night, we'll do the guy, the draft. September 3rd. And there'll be a Monday night football game, too, because college always has a big game that opening weekend. Well, good. It's all, all right. here. I've already got my first pick lined up. Ooh, that sounded like shit. Yeah, it did. Okay. I sent out an email to our Facebook today, and I said, folks, Doing a podcast, we're going to have kind of an open table tonight, a roundtable session, and we're just, me and Andy are just going to talk about stuff. And I got some questions, or people sent me some different things to talk about, and I liked a lot of them, so we're going to talk about them. And one of the things that was mentioned was guide and outfitter license. Now, in some states, you have to have a guide license, and you also have to have an outfitter license. I think it's a great idea, and I can tell you why. I think every outfitter should have to carry liability insurance. I agree. Every one of them. And I think it's going to cut out a lot of these fly-by-night guys. Dusty Brown wrote, and in, in, in Dusty's an outfitter on the West Coast now. He's hunted all over. He's hunted. He's not in the panhandle anymore? He's not hunting. He's not working there this year is what I was told. So, Dusty, if I'm wrong, you can correct me, and I will and I will make a correction for this week. But I was told he's not hunting in the panhandle this year. And I hope to hell he's not working for somebody, and they're just finding this out by listening to our <laughs> podcast. But that's what I was told. Could be wrong on that. But anyways, he said – that he would like to see outfitters license that would help govern the profession, insurance requirements, bond requirements, code of ethics, a standard of operations to be expected because he's sick of these fly-by-night college kids starting a business with daddy's money and shooting water and making farmers trust a thing of the past. The kids running around and saying they're with outfitters, XYZ, promising money and hunting all over stuff, and they never follow through. And we've seen a lot of that. Guys that hunt one year, and then you never see them again. Not, not, probably not to the extent that he has. Yeah, the panhandle is really bad around Lubbock. Just because you've kids. got Texas Tech so yes. close. But I, I think that, and I've always thought this, I know Shrek's big on this, I think we should have a, a lot, an outfitter's license in Texas <clears throat> and a guide license. And I think that the guides should all have to go to some kind of, not school, but have some requirements that they must follow through to get an outfit, to be a guide license. Common sense stuff. See, I do not. And let me tell you where you're wrong, okay? You, you've got to figure out if you are either for more government or not. Now, everything you're proposing and everything that Shrek is talking about would require more government interference into our already jam-packed lives i do think that if you go with an outfitter he should have to have some sort of liability insurance not a question 100 percent. it just protects everybody involved um and that alone right there would cut out the riffraff i don't think that you have to have a guy's license i don't think that you have to have an outfitter's license because 
if a kid just wants to start up a place and, you know, may, you know, maybe it's extra money or whatever, you know, and, and he sees it as, uh, well, the only way I can get on this place is by, is by paying. And the only way I can afford to pay is by bringing clients out. If he wants to do that, I'm fine with it. But I do think he has to have liability insurance. Just me. But I also, you know, I want as little government interference as, uh, as possible. Well, you know, we're going to agree to disagree on this. I don't like a lot of government interference. But some things government needs to regulate a little bit. You and would. If you would cut out so much riffraff if you said every outfitter has to carry a million dollars liability insurance. That alone would cut out any of the bullshit. Well, we've been doing it for 25 years, so I don't have a problem with any of that. Right. And and I don't think that there's I think there should be some kind of standard where maybe I, there it um, would be nice that a guy that goes up and asks for somebody hunt can show him something with his number on it with uh-huh. his guide license because I've been down that road before where I, I talked to a guy about hunting and he's like yeah there's some, some guy came by here and he's hunted on me two or three times but I've never seen him again and he never paid me no money and but well who was he hell I don't remember he didn't he told me his name but he never you know. It would be nice to have a... Well, what if he was just a do-it-yourselfer and he happened to catch a farmer on a, on a good day and he got to hunt a place? That, that's different than guiding. I know, but was the guy did the guy tell you that he had paid customers out there? Yeah, we ran into this in Oklahoma a couple of years, or last year, a place that we hunted a lot, and some guy hunted it and never done what he said he was going to do. And, mm-hmm. and it just would be nice if someone had to say, hey, I'm you know, so-and-so, and this is my outfitter license, 001. But then what's going to happen? I mean, you go down that slope, and then the next thing that, that coming down the pipe is farmers got to keep track of all the outfitters, zero, zero, zeros that, that hunt on their place. I mean, just it, it doesn't end. Well, you, If you implement one piece of, of legislature, then all of a sudden now the farmers got to start tracking who's in there, and then they got to start, you know. Well, that land lease license are supposed to in Texas anyways. And then, listen. That money that you guys are paying these farmers under the table, how long until that's got, how long until, uh, you know, all that's getting reported? I'm just saying, it's a slippery, it's a nice idea, but I find it, it's just, it, it shocks me, the people that are like, oh, you know, government needs to stay the hell out of our business, hands off this, hands off that, but, you know, and then it gets to there, and then, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute, we need government here, I just, it's a slippery slope in my mind. Make them have liability insurance. You're running a business. It's it's something that you're gonna you know you're pretending to be a professional at. Uh, get the insurance, and that alone will will solve your problem. I think everything else is just overkill. Good point. Andy one, Jeff zero on this one. May I mean no? I mean it's you know if that's the way you feel. That's the way you feel. That, that and I'm I'm fine with that. No, I just think have, that uh, your debate was better than mine. You had good topics, and I'll give you that. Well, Jeff, I'm just better at this than you. Oh, here we go. I noticed last week you were wrong about something on the podcast I was on with. Uh, what was yeah. it? Uh, coffee. Yeah. Is coffee a uh, suppressant? Yeah. Zach didn't call you out like I would have. <laughs> but I was I was listening to it, and I started laughing. <laughs> Mom goes, what is it? I said, oh, freaking Andy, he's wrong again. I was wrong shit. again. <laughs> I, said, but I said, Zach's been a lot nicer than I would be. I covered my tracks well. Okay. But that's my, you know, and, and if you think that, if you think you need an outfitter's license, guide license, whatever, you know, that's uh, that's your opinion. I just think I think it's overkill, and I think it will lead to a slippery slope. And uh, 
I think I think having insurance, million dollars, million dollars liability insurance. That way, if anything happens on somebody else's land, uh, you're covered. That farmer's covered. Your hunters are covered, and that will also uh, that'll also you know knock down on the number of college kids that are just doing it and kind of sounds like they're just fucking the whole game up up there in the panhandle. Yep. Okay, good point. So we'll go to the next question now. And this one here is just all opinion. I think it all is. Dodge, Chevy, or Ford? I've got two of the three. <clears throat> I've and got you're 0 for 2 on the two you have. Shit. I've got an 08 Dodge that is my hunting rig, and then I've got a 2016 Ford. Black, that motherfucker is pretty. That's not a hunting truck. That's a damn car. It's an F-150. It don't matter. It's a car. I treat it like it, it's it is my baby. That's some I'm telling you, it's black and when that motherfucker's clean, ooh, look out. Well see it, that I drive a black one also. I know, and it's never clean. Well, it's because I use it. Well, I mean I one of the first things when I got married in two thousand eleven, one of the very first things that we paid off was that pickup, and that's been the best decision that we've ever made. And then we started making payments to ourselves, and then now this now we got this black beauty. Oh, it is so pretty. Love it. But it's nice because I've got this 08 piece of junk that I can just put through whatever. I put a water pump in that thing is all I've done. And I think it's got it's, – it's, it'll – it will go over 200,000 miles this winter. It's been a good truck for you. Other than the the, the, Q, the Q beam. Well, that you burned your own seat. That's your own damn fault. And the bullet hole in the top. And that was a guy's fault. It's a kid's fault. But, you, but other than that, it's been a good pickup. It has been. I'm a Chevy guy. I like Chevy guys because they're – my grandpa gra- reti- graduated. My grandpa retired from GM in 1976, just passed away this year, so he beat the hell out of the actuaries. <laughs> and I started driving Chevys because I got the fan- friends and family discount. Mm-hmm. And it saved me a couple thousand dollars. The last couple of Chevys I've bought, I don't like to buy a new pickup. I'd rather buy a pickup, pickup with ten or 15,000 miles on it and let someone else take the big hit. Exactly. I will – the 08 Dodge was, I bought it brand new, biggest mistake I've ever made. And so when I buy my, I bought me a Chevy in October and I bought one with ten or 15,000 miles on it, fully decked out with all the bells and yep. whistles, does everything. Yep, that's the way to go. And that is it. Tony's walking through here with something. I don't know what he's doing. But anyways, I'm a Chevy guy. They, mm-hmm. They're good on the highway. Most of my miles are highway miles. I'll drive a truck for 150,000 miles and get <clears> rid of it. And it's going to be, and out of them 150,000, 135,000 of them are going to be highway miles. And they get good gas mileage. I could put that fancy-ass forward gear driving and put it in the back of my truck and wear it out hauling some bitch around probably. He's so full of shit, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, he just, he's, 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 he's dumb shit. I don't know what to tell you. And then, then we got Tony here flashing <laughs> us. Flashing us Jeep. <laughs> Tony. Bought himself. He shows up at my house. He did bring me a Coors Latte, so I can't uh, bash him too hard. Uh, last summer, he shows up at my house. He's like, hey, come here and look what I bought. He bought a fucking Jeep, like a 16-year-old girl would drive. And he loves that damn thing. And then, the best story about the Jeep is, uh, <clears throat> if you follow us on Facebook, the night the night of the Guggenheim interview, we are uh, we've done the interview. It rained like cats and dogs. And as Guggenheim lives in a beautiful place, kind of off of the beaten path, and he tells Jeff, don't go east, go west of the highway. So what does Jeff do? He goes up one county road, and he 
trucks are east. And I'm telling them, Jeff. No, I went west. I was supposed to go east. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. I got my directions all fucked up. And so we get stuck. We don't go more than 100 yards. I'm telling Jeff, just get to the highway. The highway's right there. And what's he do? No. He he buries it. He calls Guggenheim. Guggenheim uh, drives up. He's going to come be our knight in shining armor. He buries his truck. A 50, Ford. 50, yard, 50 yards from where we bury our truck. So we call Tony in the Jeep. But that's his specialty because his ass gets stuck all the time. Yep. And, uh, you know, Jeeps are supposed to go anywhere. And Tony made us meet him at the last bit of solid ground that we that we found. Would not, wouldn't come get us. So poor Jeff had to walk barefoot, cut six, his feet all up. Six miles. Six miles ways, uphill. So I don't know. I don't know if Tony just doesn't have faith in the Jeep or what it is. This bitch is uncomfortable too. Yeah, it's uh, it's not made for it's, l- large people, and I'm not big by any means, tall or wide. But it's loud. It's hot. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. So Jeep is out, Tony. All right, now we're gonna get on to something else hunting wise. Have speaking of which, have you seen the uh, the new? I've seen the commercials for the new Dodges. Those son of bitches look nice. I mean, I'm telling you, they look damn nice. So the Ford's gone now. No, no, no. I I, I love my Ford. I'm just telling you, the inside of the of the new Dodges looks like a, a spaceship. I looked at the I looked at those when we bought. Michelle's new vehicle the other day. I went to the car lot and I looked at the Dodges and they're nice. They, whoo, they are a nice man. pickup. And they sit up high. Mm-hmm. I liked them. That might be a choice. I might have to actually think about going way down. It is. It is. They look. I saw a commercial just the other night and Jesse said, and it actually kind of looks like a Chevy. Okay. Look it up. Driving Dodge kind of like sleep with Democrat. It might feel good, but you don't want everybody to know about it. I like it. I like it a lot. Okay. <clears throat> One guy wanted to know about cooking ducks and geese. And I told him, and if what what makes them taste better, I told him I thought it'd just be eat chicken. It's a lot cheaper. Give your give your give your ducks and geese to the coonasses to make sausage with. Let them cook it. I can cook duck and goose. To make uh, it taste good. Oh, it, you. Yes. Yes. In what recipe and world do you live in? Uh, get your geese, cube them up, and grind them. Grind the hell out of them. Put taco seasoning in them, and voila, you got goose tacos. They're delicious. They're then, ed- they're edible. Oh, fuck, you'd eat them if it, I've eaten them before. They're and you edible. loved them, and you I, loved them. I didn't say I'd loved them. You eat them on a Sunday afternoon watching football. Oh, delicious. They're edible, and you need to get on your mic, Andy. You're, you need to get to the mic, okay? <laughs> I was I was adjusting the volumes. The, the, they're edible at best. No, there's not a good way to cook a duck or goose to make it taste good. It still tastes like a duck or a goose. No, not this way. No, it's bad liver. And then another way you can do it is cube up your breast and then marinate them in honey teriyaki for 48 hours or whatever. For, for, the first thing that you need to do is you need to soak them in like ice water or something like that is what is what I, I don't do salt. I don't do salt, ba- salt water baths or anything like that. Just ice, ice water. Dunk them until all the, till no more blood shows up and, uh. And then marinate them in honey teriyaki for forty eight hours, and then I I use I do shish kebabs. When do you uh, wash your vagina in this process? After. Okay. Well, what's what, where did that come from? What's with all this fancy shit? honey teriyaki? It's not it's not fancy at all. You haven't cooked a duck or a goose yet like a man did. Are you trying to make it taste like something else? 
Makes it taste like honey teriyaki. If you put enough taco seasoning in it, it tastes like taco meat. It if, does. If you put enough Tony Shashray's on it, it'll taste like Kunas food. What is taco meat? I mean, it, it can be whatever you want. Pork tacos, goose tacos, beef tacos, whatever. Worse, just cooking it out on the grill, medium rare or something No, like that. I've tried that. It doesn't taste <clears throat> good, does it? No. Okay, that's what I was getting at. No, you got to doctor it up for sure. You can't You can't just uh, – what sucks is I, I was watching something, and Gordon Ramsay had this little thing, kind of like Anthony Bourdain. He'd kill something, and then he'd go cook it, and he cooked a mallard. And I'm telling you what, that thing had probably had a half half an inch of fat on it. And, oh, he cooked it up, and he made that sumbitch look so good. So, you know, these wild birds, there's not a whole lot of fat to be had. Uh and I, I did. I had a, I think it was a mallard or something. I had it all written. I can't remember now, but I, I, I was going to do it like Gordon Ramsay did. I didn't have the same success. Wasn't very good, was Ooh, it? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> Jesse tried to bite, and Reese tried to bite, and then the dog got to eat all of it. I don't, I don't like ducks or geese. To be fair with you, <clears throat> to be fair and honest, there's a lot of good ducks and geese recipes. I'm just not one to do them because I don't like it. I'm not a duck and goose eater. You like the tacos though? They're not bad. They're edible. I mean, they're just not. That's not my favorite thing to have. My favorite game that we eat up here at the lodge is the dove that we cook. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the, what's the recipe for that? Because that's a very good. It's not my recipe to give out. Oh, give me a freaking break! I don't know if he wants it shared. Well, you don't have to tell him who you shared it from. Okay, the the recipe is uh, cream cheese, and Jeff's gonna fucking make fun of me again. Cream cheese, gorgonzola cheese, cheddar cheese, uh, hatch. Hatch green chilies and a little bit of Worcestershire sauce. Mix that little concoction all up and uh, stuff it in your dove breast and wrap it in bacon. Cook to a medium rare, medium at most, or until your bacon's nice and done and enjoy. Oh, and you got to do a balsamic vinaigrette reduction. But you know what? I'm not going to get into all that. Now, like I said, it's not my recipe to be given out in the first place. And you butterfly those, right? <clears throat> you got to have the you got to have the proper cleaning method down, and that's something that I can't do on on air. Jesus Christ, you're not getting a patent on the damn thing. You butterfly I, the bread, the meat mm-hmm. off the breastbone, yeah, stuff them some bitches, and but, put them on the grill. But They're there's good. a certain way that you to to do that. Like you you got to. You got to go in from the top of the breastplate, go out one wing, and then back out the other side, and then you get like the whole cutlet, basically. And it's very good, delicious. That's the best, the best eating bird. It's delicious. Tastes like a beef tenderloin. You know what I'm jealous? Yeah, I mean it, it, it's really good. Um, I'm jealous of the guys that that shoot an elk or a moose every year. You can do that. I yeah, that's a, that's a lot of work. Well, I tell you what, she'd bring home a moose every year. That's some good eating. I'm telling you, you got the guys in Colorado that bring home an elk every. You wouldn't have to go. To, you wouldn't have to go to the butcher all year long. All year, your your meat's right there. I don't disagree with you. It's probably what people say about deer. Do you ever want to shoot a deer? I did actually. When I was going through my little prepper phase, I wanted to shoot a doe, and just stock up the freezer with meat. And then I got busy, and it didn't happen. Maybe and, this year. And Trump got elected. We don't worry about the end of the world happening. <laughs> Trump got elected. I quit buying AR rounds. I quit doing a lot of shit. But. Uh, probably need to start again that 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 shouldn't be a reason to not be prepared i uh <clears throat> excuse me i met a lady from canada while we were in mexico and she was talking and something came up about 
I, I made a comment about Democrats that probably wasn't very polite because that's the way I roll. And she she goes, oh, well, where I live at, we don't have any Democrats. I go, oh, it must be, you know, a wonderful place to live. Where do you live at? She said, well, I live in Canada. I live in uh, Edmonton. I said, what well, sure is pretty up there? And we started talking for a little bit. And I, she said something derogatory about Trump. She goes, well, I know that y'all have got a president down here y'all really don't like. Something <laughs> to that effect. And I said, no, actually, that's wrong. I said, he won because people like him. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm hearing. I said, well, take it from me. He'll get reelected easy. She goes, well, I just don't know about that. I said, well, I said, I understand where you're coming from. I said, I used to feel the same way. But I said, now that we got a president with the balls and, and a backbone, I said, it sure is nice. Well, she got all fucking pissy, walked off, yeah. left and stuff. Anyways, I, 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 you know, I guess he had a meeting with Putin. Was it today? I think they meet tomorrow. Tomorrow? I think so. France won the World Cup. Did you see that? Andy, this is a waterfowl podcast. We're not going to talk about soccer. I saw it on Twitter. Yeah, that's probably a good place to watch it. I watched the last five minutes of it. Just say I watched it. I didn't. I didn't watch a minute of it. I was taking a dump. I was scrolling (laughs) Twitter, hoping to see some fantasy news come about somewhere, and I saw that France won. Okay, let's talk. I saw that Conor McGregor was there as a guest of Putin. Oh, interesting. Yep. Um, Firearm preference. Auto versus pump. Now, I also throw an over under because I'm an over under guy. I think over under is the best gun. Because I started shooting one 25 years ago, basically, and I liked it because we hunt the sand. We used to hunt a lot of sandy peanut fields all the time. And back when I got it, and you couldn't get the gun closed and shut, the sand would just eat them up. And if I could get that gun closed, it never jammed on me. Where a pump, any kind of pump or an automatic, a Benelli was a single shot by about the second volley. Mm-hmm. So I am an over under guy. If you only like shooting two at a time. If you shoot good, you only have to shoot two at a time. If I was hunting in a blind somewhere, where, like just in the water in a duck blind in Arkansas or in trees or whatever, I would shoot an automatic over a pump. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get it. Like if you're if you're chasing ducks exclusively, yeah, just what it doesn't matter. Whatever. I mean, if you're hunting in a place that you can sit down and shoot without having to worry about your gun jamming up and stuff, and I was going to shoot something besides an over under, I would shoot a an an automatic. My favorite gun to shoot is an old eleven hundred. That's what I, one of the guns I learned how to shoot with. Remington 1100, great gun. Fun to shoot. Yeah. Mine is the Benelli Nova. You can put that, you can put it through anything. Rain, snow, muck, mud. You can use it as a bow door if you need to, and it's going to shoot every time. Every time. Yeah, I mean. But you, now where we hunt, the sand is, I mean, it. Especially if there's any moisture in the ground or if we've come off of a rain, that sand is going to stick to absolutely everything. And it's just going to be these real fine little grains of sand. And, I mean, I've seen guys, like Jeff said, second, third flock of the day, and they're, you know, who's got the, who's got the, who's got the rim oil? Who's got the, gu- who's got the gun oil? And it's just a single shot. I mean, it really is, if they get off a shot. Now, you know, with the Benelli uh, Super Black Eagle 2 and 3, that bolt's got to rotate and close all the way. Otherwise, it doesn't fire at all. <clears throat> and, I mean, it's, it's this sand out here is tough on automatics, really tough. So, uh, kind of like Jeff said, I, I like the Nova. You know, I've, I've shot a couple automatics. Zach has a SX3 that I don't think he shoots very much. I don't think he had too much luck with it. I think he, I think he might have got a lemon. But I like the SX3 also. Winchester. 
Um, it's a good looking gun too, but I shot it a couple of times and I find myself doing that little pumping action. I want that new Browning over under. Really? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. Like Dino, maybe. It's a good looking sum of gun. Anyways, another. So set- I'm a pump guy. You're a pump guy. That didn't sound right. Let's go with another thing now. Lots of pumping. Another guy asked me, guiding on public land. Now, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because we've hunted some ducks before on public water. Not very many times, but we have. The coot shoot was on public water. I'm not a fan of hunting public water, not because I don't think you should be allowed to guide on public water, because I think you can. You're you're a taxpayer, and it's a public. If they didn't want you on there, they'd make it a top two land or whatever it is. You had to have some kind of special license. People can guide fishing trips on public on lakes. They do all over the time, make a living on it. So they can go ahead. I had this. Me and a game warden had this conversation one time, and he did not think it was morally or ethically correct mm-hmm. to guide a duck hunt on public land. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about guys in East Texas, is who we were talking about. I said, you know, I said at Lake Fork, you think those guys ought to have their balls busted? Those guides for hunting ducks on it? Yeah, yeah, I do. I said, what about all them guys guiding fishing? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I never thought of it that way. Well, yeah, it's the same It's the same principle. Yeah. They're on public land. So my issue with being a guide on public land is worrying about the yahoo set up next to you. Yep. You have no say-so if that jackass sets up 10 yards from you. That's, you're, you're, you're putting it out there when you hunt on public. Mm-hmm. So I personally do not like to guide anything on a public land mm-hmm. and want to stay away from it as possible. Yep. Do I think that it's that it's okay? I personally, I don't have a problem with it. Just like I don't think it's a problem to guide a fishing trip on public water. That's my two cents on that whole thing. What is yours? I agree with you. You can't control the outcome, so you know I don't think I don't think you should make a habit of taking your guys out there. You know, if you're doing it, if you do it once every three or four or five years, like we do, then yes, yeah, I don't see a, I don't see an issue. But you are just asking for it if that is where you are taking clients five six times a week. Because you will have an asshole that sits up next to you, and he's going to shoot at everything that flies, looks, winks, you know, whatever. He's going to be shooting at it. It's just going to it's going to wreck your hunt. I saw some of the video <clears throat> after we had Asher on here. I started looking up some of that Arkansas stuff. Them boat docks. Yeah, there's a hundred fucking boats going out in the mornings. Yeah, I mean it's it's ridiculous. And but, I don't know how many of them are public. How many of them are guides, or it's just guys doing it themselves. But you're you're at the mercy of every one of those. Of just some dickhead setting up next to you, hundred so, percent. I I think you're if you want to do it, that's fine. But be ready to pay the piper when sky busting Sam sets up in your back door. Yeah, that, it's gonna happen. You wait. But it's it's funny. I that those people that bitch about it never ever complain about the fishing guy doing the same damn thing. Oh no. No, and never. it's just, and they're taking a resource that is in that lake. A migratory birds comes and goes. Those fish that they're catching out of that lake, those, those fish, that's where they live. They don't leave. Yeah. So you're taking away from part of their, mm-hmm. of their, of their system, whatever they want to talk, the production of the lake or whatever it is. Okay. I realize people are just people are just gonna bitch. Oh yeah. And another question was, lead shot. I think, I don't. I do not personally think lead shot affects that much waterfowl. I think it affected eagles and birds of prey more than it did. I think I think more birds died instantly getting shot with lead shot 
especially back in the day. Now the steel shot's gotten better. It's not that big an issue. But, man, when you shot a bird with lead back in the day, you folded it up, and that was the end of it. Mm-hmm. And it's back to that same principle of the fishing. you got the same people are throwing lead fishing weights in the water every day. Right. And, you know, I, I know the eagles and stuff probably aren't eating lead fishing weights, but they were eating a mallard hen that had some lead shot in it and would get lead poisoning. Mm-hmm. You know, steel technology has advanced so much that I never shot lead. So I don't know what I'm missing, if that makes sense. Like I've just always, since I've been waterfowl hunting, I've always had to shoot steel. You know, that's that's the hand that we're dealt. So that's uh, companies like Heavy Shot and Black uh, Black Cloud and Heavy Metal, and and you know, they're making steel shot to where it is, uh, you know, pretty effective as far as uh, dropping the game clean and ethically. So uh, I think steel has advanced so much. That uh, I don't. I don't think it's a big deal not having lead. But like I said, I never hunted with lead, so I'm really not one to ask on this one. If you tell me that it knocked them dead, then I'll believe you. But I think, like I said, I think we've seen. Uh, <clears throat> I think we've seen so many advances in in steel that it's close. You know, what's bismuth? What's that all about? It was a non-toxic shot. It's. it's it, it, it. I was, mean, they still sell it. Yeah, but it, when it come out, it was the first really good non-toxic shot. But it, it's steel? It's, no, it's a non-toxic. I don't know what it's made. It's made out of bismuth. Huh. Byzantine 64, 6.5 or some shit. I don't know. I'm not a chemist. But it's not It's not steel. It's not lead. It's no, something it's a non-toxic different shot. entirely. Yep. Same as heavy shot, I think, is. I'm sure it's got some metal alloys in it. I don't, I don't understand. I don't know any, enough about that. But that was the first no, no talk shot that was out. Well, we're lo- I'm looking it up right now. And it became real popular. It's really expensive, but it was the first one to come out. And they sold it in, I think the boxes we had were tens. We went to Alaska one year, and they gave us, I hunted the guy that owned it or was the general manager there, shit, back a long, long time ago, 20-something years ago. And he gave us a couple of cases of shells, and we took to Alaska with us. They worked good. It was a lot close to shooting lead at the time. But steel, when it first came out, was a huge drop-off from shooting lead. I mean, it was obvious you couldn't, it was not even close. And now you can't probably tell the difference if you got some lead again. But I, I think that, you know, federal government over overstepped on some of the things. And, I, and I'm sure. Thank was, God we don't have to have outfitters and guides license. <laughs> another, another example. Who would have thought that the federal government would overstep its boundaries? Who would have ever thought it? Well, but you can shoot lead at Sandhill Cranes. That's what never makes it doesn't make sense to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't, you know. And and you can hunt them in the same places, right? Yeah. So that, maybe, maybe they're figuring that bald eagles aren't taking on too many cranes. I don't know. I'm surprised we can still shoot lead at doves. And that's another thing. I mean, here in Texas, you a lot of the same you know stock ponds that we dove hunt around. We also do afternoon uh, afternoon duck hunts out. So what's the difference? Yeah, I, I don't. I think, like I said, I think it was more from a. A duck dying and an eagle eating a duck and getting lead in them and getting poisoning. Well, what what were you saying, Ron? You said something about the lead uh, lead exhaust pipes. I remember back in the 70s. Ron's explaining something. Unleaded. Unleaded. Uh, okay. It's gasoline. Exhaust pipes point down on the right side of almost every vehicle. Uh-huh. Okay. 
So what Ron said for those, I'm sure you couldn't hear it on, on, on this. Ron said the reason they came out with unleaded gasoline is because uh, the exhaust pipes all pointed down on the right side of your vehicle a long time ago, and it was putting leaded gas fumes basically on the gravel, and then uh, pigeons and all sorts of dove, whatever, would come along and scratch and eat those lead-filled gravel pellets. So there's your little bit of history for the for the podcast. Yeah, bismuth. It says it's it's totally it's softer than steel and a higher performance. Won't harm barrels and safe in any choke. So I don't know. Might have to try it this year. I don't shoot that much anyway. I mean that's what like you're asking. You're it says it's a non toxic non toxic shot shell. Bismuth is back. Filled and streamed to 2013. So yeah, and, and and I thought that was a good thing because it's not something we talk about anymore. Because the, the the last two generations of waterfowl hunters never had to deal with shooting lead shot. I don't. So I mean, if you tell me that it works so much better, then I'm going to believe you. But I just I can't see what because I've seen what uh, uh, shells like heavy metal and uh, heavy shot and black cloud. I've seen what it does to birds, and it puts a whooping on them well we had a uh had a client here from california and they could only shoot copper rifle bullets wherever he hunted at because Ooh. of the condors i bet that's expensive I, I don't i don't i can't imagine you shoot that many rifle bullets though i can't either i mean you only shoot one elk or one deer or whatever it is I hope you're not gonna need like a hundred of them yeah but uh you take that same that same deal with the condor and I don't know how many California condors there are, 20, 50, 100, 3,000. I don't have a clue. But, you know, the whooping crane, they've brought back a lot, and I think that's a great thing. And mm-hmm. I don't want to see anything go extinct. Nope. But the state of California has got some kind of smelt fish that's in some irrigation ditch in the San Joaquin Valley. And so they won't pump the water to these cities to fill drinking water because they don't want these smelt to go away. A little little damn minnow fish. And there's not a lot of places of them. Mm-hmm. I say kill them fucking fish and give them people some water. Right. I yeah. mean, there's sometimes it's, you know, it's survival. Yeah. Well, you know, we climb to the top of this food chain. You, know, you got to use your common sense. And if, and if that means that we're going to knock the smelt back, you know, to extension or whatever, then, I mean, that's just what you got to do. You got to survive. And hey, if you want to get rid of something, I'm surprised right now. I'm going to give you an example that the Nutra in, in Louisiana. Uh-huh. I can't believe them suckers will survive. Because if you want to get rid of something, you tell some coon asses and things are illegal and they taste great, and them <laughs> some bitches will be gone. Yeah. But I'm really shocked that the Nutra has made it the way it has. And it's, it's a rat. getting out of control. It's just a rat. Yes, it is. They're, they've got this evolution thing figured out. And the European doves, the collared doves or Eurasian doves, I mean, are getting out of hand in a lot of places, they say, because they kill the other, they break the eggs of the other doves. They're a real aggressive animal. Have you ever eaten pigeon? Yes. What do you think? It's just a big dove. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, be. It's a city dove is all it is. It didn't taste funky from, like, eating people's stale-ass bread or anything like that? Yes, folks, Andy really is. His mother's blonde, and that's where he gets this from. It's the same as eating a duck or a goose. You hmm. eat a mallard that eats frozen. Or how, how many how many ducks and geese have you killed that have used a shit pit, a water sewage plant? And for they, the taste, they tasted funny. Oh, they do not. They did, too? Oh, bullshit. 
They tasted funny and their feet were green. They taste like a duck or a goose, which no. isn't. A, yes. They don't. Oh, come on, Andy. You, you can taste it. So you're telling me that if you shoot a corn-fed mallard that's been eating sour grain, we'll, you, we'll go back a step further than that. Some of these dairies and stuff, these animals are eating the corn that's shit out of a damn cow's ass. And they're eating it out of the shit. Nothing that I'm eating. Make sure that's not my wife calling on the office phone. She hasn't texted, so it's not the baby. We've got a rule. We've got Jeff Foyles coming on uh, later on. So um, I've told my wife, if there's something that needs to be done, if you can't get a hold of me on my cell phone, call the office phone. The office phone just rang. So You are really, really, really worried about this. I just don't want to be late. <laughs> You're not going to be late. I mean, the baby's going to get here when he gets here. I had Scotch guard in my pickup. Are you worried about the stain of having your child in your truck? Or? <laughs> We're taking trash bags. She's going to sit on a trash bag the whole way. Uh, do you have a sharp knife so if you have to cut the umbilical cord? Yeah, I do. God dang, Johnny Clay Reed gave, uh, delivered a baby in the bathroom. Uh, he's a, he, we've already he's a more manly man than you we, are. We've already established he's a way more manly man than I will ever <laughs> pretend to be. All right, I'm not knocking out five dudes in one night. So he can he probably just chewed through the umbilical cord also, <laughs> knowing knowing Johnny Clay Reed. So you you really are that worried about this baby being born? Fuck, I'm they, telling you, I can't sleep. They have been giving birth to babies forever, forever and ever. I know it. Intense everywhere. I just don't know. You got first. You, plus, you got a pit stop. If something happens and that baby's head starts coming out between Gory and Seymour, Seymour's hospital delivers babies. Yeah, but they're not very good at it. Our hospital delivers babies, but Johnny they don't Clay want to. Reed delivered one in the bathroom. I'm sure a guy with a medical degree at a hospital in Seymour can do it. He's not gonna want to. He's gonna be pissed. Who? The doctor in Seymour. Why? I'm sure it's not on his agenda of shit to do. If he wanted to do it, he'd go work at a big hospital. I've never delivered a baby. Well, when I was in the Navy SEALs, I did for a couple of times, but that was beyond the way. I really wasn't a Navy SEAL, so I don't know Stolen Valor. Stolen Valor. Uh, stolen Valor. Uh, yeah, I don't think that really, unless there's a complication, there ain't much work to it. The woman does all the work. She's going to push it out. Gravity's going to take over. Hmm. I've already cut one umbilical cord. I cut Reese's. Hmm. It's a lot tougher to cut through than you would think. It's like a rubber rubber garden hose. I had to, I had to like take two or three whacks at it. it. Was not breaking easy. Well, I hope and pray that everything's going to turn out to be fine, which it will. Oh, it'll be. And, it's going to be fine regardless. It's just I wouldn't be losing no sleep over it. Oh, I've lost so much sleep. The last two nights have been terrible. You know what she tells me last night? We're watching live PD. All right, gets to be about nine thirty. Reese's Reese's bedtime. So, uh, she said, "I'm going to go. Let's go, Reese. It's time to go lay down." As she's walking him out of the room, she says, "Oh, and by the way, I've had some. I've had a couple consistent <laughs> contractions. I've been timing them." And she just leaves like a fart in the wind, just out the door. And I'm left here like, "What the fuck does that mean? You've had a couple consistent contractions." And she just leaves. She doesn't even. She doesn't even explain herself. Puts Reese down. Forty thirty minutes later, she comes back in the room. I'm like, "Okay, we'll finish your story." Oh yeah, well I was just you know just letting you know. I'm like, well, okay, are you still having them? Yeah, well, yeah, off and on. So it wasn't consistent enough, didn't go to the hospital, not a big deal. But 
Fuck. So, so are you more nervous now than you were when Reese was born? I wasn't here for all this shit when Reese was born. I didn't know what I, I didn't know what I didn't know back then. So now I know what I don't know, and it is vast. So, so you are more nervous this time. Well, now. yeah, because like the the checkups and all that stuff I missed. I wasn't here. I was I was in Canada, praying to God I didn't get deported. Yeah, I was right there with you. So now, like the last, you know, couple checkups, they're like, "Oh, you're this and you're that," and da 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 da. So, I mean, it is any day. I'm on pins and needles. <laughs> I think this is hilarious. I've never seen you this nervous and shit. I'm on pins and needles here. So, how many more babies y'all gonna have? You think after this? I don't know. Depends on how how smooth this one goes. If this one comes out with a penis. Are y'all gonna have another one? It's gonna be tough to say no. <laughs> now I get to go through this shit all over again And I get to find another house Because there's no more garages to To close in on the house I'm, I'm currently in I think Juju's gonna be a little boy It'll be what it's gonna be That's true I'm not too worried about it You got a 50-50 shot of being right We got names picked out for either or You won't You won't even get away hint on TV right here about it? Nope Or on the, on the podcast? Nothing all right. Well, folks, we have strayed off of our waterfowl podcast. This is our life. This is Big Honker Lodge. We have, we're getting ready for hunting season. Life is good. Me and Tony just got back from vacation. Tony went to Alabama. Uh, I went to Mexico. I survived. But I'll tell you what I, I did notice in Mexico this time. I saw that. I like those. Mm. Is that we got a new T-shirt coming out, and we're fixing to have a Big Honker podcast T-shirt and a Stanfield hunting shirt, and we will have a linked to the Big Honker Podcast website, which is www.bighonkerpodcast.com. And on stanfieldhunting.com, we will be redoing that website, and we'll have a link to be able to buy shirts and merchandises directly straight off of the website. Anyways, in Mexico, I noticed a lot more stress this year with the people down there. Just from, well, fuck just, yeah, they're cutting people's heads off on in resorts. Just from three months ago. And I'm not talking about the people on vacation. I'm talking about the locals. The local people are a lot more concerned, and you can tell that they, it's like living where you're afraid to talk about anything because you're afraid right. you're going to get whacked. You don't know who's listening. You could really tell a big difference between that. And I talked to a couple of amigos at work there that I visited with last time, and, and, and they just, well, they're, you can tell people are nervous. And rode back on a guy, guy on the airplane sitting next to us, and he was staying at a resort in Cancun, a brand-new, really nice, nice resort. And I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't know the whole story, and I don't want to get the story wrong and, and trash the hotel but it was a nice place a real expensive place it wasn't inclusive you had to pay for your own drinks and stuff someone broke into the room and stole three thousand dollars cash out of their I'm safe telling you it's a fucking cesspool down there and i don't know why you went <laughs> used a maid pass had a pass to get into the safes and got into the hotel and stole some money out of people's safes and the people were afraid to turn them in because they were afraid who that who they were Fuck yeah. pissing off that's just three grand you're never going to get back yep. and you don't even talk about it so because if you go tell the person at the at the front then might be their cousin, and, they, and then they come back because they had to get the maid key from somewhere, which means it was an inside job. Well. It's a fucking cesspool down there. I probably won't go back again for about three months. Fuck that. <laughs> I wouldn't go again ever. Well. I'm telling you. It's a cesspool. We had a good time. The place was nice. So and Yeah, except for all the fucking tension that you could cut with a knife. There was a lot of tension, and there was not, I did notice it the year before. So it's twice in three months we've been there, and then no three way. months ago it was bad. No way. Not but, happening. Anyways, I would like to thank our sponsors, 737 Duck Calls. I would like to thank Dive Bomb Industries. 
I would like to thank Stanfield Hanging Outfitters, William Chris Vineyards, and Natural Gear. Folks, our podcast is growing exponentially. That's a big word I use there, huh? Mm-hmm. And we appreciate it so much. The downloads is incredible. The response and the, the messages we get, we love them. Keep sending them. I get, we get multiple, multiple messages every day. People want to know something, talk to something, ask us about something. Just tell us they're listening to it. Had a guy from Russia message me the other day. Anyways, I do appreciate it very much. What did he think of Putin? We didn't get into politics. Oh. We talked to him. Anyways, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening and continue, please, to listen to us. Share it. Give us a review on iTunes. But just keep listening to us. We've got a lot of good things coming up. We're going to have a lot more professional uh, call makers. We're going to have different people from different areas of hunting on here. We're going to have a migration report this fall. We will have a weekly fantasy football update. It won't take up a whole show each week, but we will talk fantasy football each week. And we will be having a fantasy football special sometime in late August before the season gets here. And you will see how horrible Andy really is at this game of fantasy football. Listen, I can tell you how that fantasy update is going to go each and every week. Well, 3-0 and for the GOAT again. Anybody that names their team the GOAT. I didn't name goat. myself the GOAT. Nobody else calls you the GOAT. Listen, the people in my league were just all the time, man, you just you really are the GOAT. You really are the GOAT. You're the guy that I look up to. You're the guy that I come to for when I need fantasy advice, when things are really rocky for me on my fantasy team. You're the guy that I think to turn to. I don't understand how you got GOAT fucker into GOAT. <laughs> they didn't say that. I you, think that's what they said. They called me the GOAT. So, I mean, and you know, I didn't even change my name. I think somebody in the league changed it for me. So, this week we will have on – this this podcast you will be listening to will either come out on Sunday night or Monday morning, probably be Sunday night late. On Wednesday, we will have – Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, we will have Jeff Foyles on. And on Thursday and Friday, we have Brent, folks. And Brent is going to do some sandhill crane hunting this year. We're going to talk – or he is a sandhill crane guide. We're going to talk sandhill crane hunting, and we're going to talk different aspects of, of the difference between shooting cranes and geese. So for all you guys that are interested in sandhill cranes, we will have a professional sandhill crane guy on. And we will go over many details. Do you have anything else to add today, Andy? Was that all the questions that were on your little round? Uh, mostly yeah. that was other than things we hadn't covered lately. Okay. Something different a little bit. Well, I feel like I knocked it out of the park. Oh, you did. You were you were you lost one you lost two to one. <laughs> you lost on the truck question what? and you lost on the difference between shooting lead and not shooting lead. You how, kinda, you, how did I lose on the difference between shooting lead and not shooting lead? Because you told me off air, you said, I really think we shouldn't shoot lead. You're fucking liberal sometimes, I think. <laughs> that's fake. Oh, that's that sounds just like a liberal. Listen, I said I've never shot lead. If you say it works, it works. You jumped on the Trump train after we did. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> fuck. In this, in this shit show. Are you ready for hunting season? I'm ready to get my room done. I'm ready for it to cool off. We had nice rain today in Knox City. We had about an inch to an inch and a half of rain in the area. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get any at the lodge. Not a drop. That's crazy. Not living right out here. That's right. Anyways, folks, thank you for listening. Be Jeff Fools will be on Wednesday with us. Uh, look forward to having you all on. If you have any questions, send us an email. I've got some late dove season left in October. I can combo that with some different things. We've got some ducks, some duck and goose hunting available in Oklahoma. I've got uh, goose hunting in Texas, and I've got some pheasant hunting in Texas. So holler at me. Got hog and some deer hunts available too. It's Jeff Stanfield, and that's at stanfieldhunting.com, www.stanfieldhunting.com. 
Thank you for listening. God bless you, and have a great night. Have a good one, people. Thank you.